Welcome to today's episode of the Mindful Self-Care Podcast. I'm Chelsea, and today we are going to be talking about self-care pillars. So this is a concept that I've used with clients of mine, within my own life, uh, when I've been teaching about self-care, and it's going to be kind of one of the guiding principles that we're going to use over the next couple of months as we figure out what does self-care mean for you specifically. We've talked on the podcast before that self-care is very individualized. It means something a little bit different to everyone. And figuring out what your self-care pillars are can help you determine how you're going to practice better self-care going forward. So I like to think of these self-care pillars as the things that hold me up. They are the legs to my table. They're the pillars holding up my gazebo roof, whatever you want to think of it as, is they are the things underneath me helping support me, helping me feel my best. These pillars are things that can change over time. They are things that it just, again, they're individualized to you. And so I'm going to use mine as an example. So when I was kind of coming up with this concept, I used to teach a very kind of specific, your self-care pillars have to do with rest, how you're fueling your body, how you're moving your body, your mindset, kind of things like that. I kind of gave people a a category, a, a template to go off of. And you can use that if you want. If you're like, I have no idea where to start with my self-care pillars, you can start with prioritizing rest, making sure that you're adding rest into your life in some capacity through quality sleep taken chill breaks just to zone out. Uh, You can focus on moving your body in a way that feels good. You can make sure you're fueling your body, you're eating foods that make you feel good, and that you are talking to yourself, you're having a mindset that is supporting, that is encouraging, and not one that's tearing you down. You can start there if you want to, but those might be things for you that you don't feel you want, either need to do anything different on you feel pretty good about that as it is. Or those are just things that maybe don't make as big of a difference in your self care as they might to me or somebody else. So feel free to use those as a starter point. That's what I used when I first started thinking of what these self care pillars meant to me. And guess what? I now actually think that they're a little bit different. It's part of the process of getting to know yourself, reflecting how you're feeling, reflecting on how different practices or different rituals are or are not working for you. So my biggest self-care pillar, my biggest one, at least right now at this moment in time, is rest. There is nothing more destructive to how I feel, to my energy, to my mood, to how I will go about my day than me feeling tired and exhausted and just burnt out. When I am feeling like that, I could be working out in ways that make me feel good, eating perfectly. I could be just doing everything else right. But if I am tired, I am going to feel like crap. So I've learned that for me, my biggest self-care pillar, my when all else fails, when I don't have the capacity for anything else, I don't have time to schedule 
brunches with friends, to catch up and recharge myself in that way, to handle spending time with my husband, which generally gives me a lot of energy when I can't do anything else. When I am just in the bare minimum survival mode, rest is the one other thing I have to make sure it is the one thing that I, for me, have to do. That might be the same case for you, or you might be like, nope, even if I'm really tired, I would rather clean my house. Like I have to have a clean house. I have to have a clean and organized environment. Otherwise, there's no amount of sleep that's going to make me feel better. Again, everyone's different. That's just what I've learned for me in the season of life that I'm in. Rest is my most important self-care pillar. And so for me, rest means quality sleep, quality sleep, quantity sleep. I've mentioned in the past that I use an aura ring to track my sleep. That is a great tool. It tells me the optimal time for me to try to go to bed to get the best chance of optimal sleep that I possibly can. I've also experimented with using things like CBD or making sure that I'm using blue light blocking glasses or having uh, filters on my phone or my computer that block blue light after a certain time of day, limiting TV before, anything that I can do to make sure I'm going to get the amount of sleep and the highest quality of sleep that I can because I am an eight-hour sleep type of gal. I do like my sleep a lot. Outside of that, rest also means for me taking time to relax, to chill. I think I uh, talked about in our last episode about the importance of rest, how I've learned that for me, resting really means not multitasking. I get a lot more restness, restful. I don't know what the exact word would be, but I get more out of my chill time if I'm not watching a movie and on my phone or if I'm just reading a book. Those things seem to put my body more into a restful state than other things. So I try to prioritize including a little bit of that into my day every single day. I've also learned that alone time, disconnected time is really, really important to me as a way to rest and recharge. Early on in the podcast, I talked about how getting to know yourself is so important and sometimes personality tests can be a way to kind of jumpstart that process if you're like, yeah, I don't like thinking about myself. It makes me really uncomfortable. Well, I am an introvert. It has taken me a really long time to realize that at my core, I am an introvert. I don't mind being by myself at all. I grew up as an only child. Being alone does not bother me very much, at least for small periods of time. It doesn't bother me at all. I kind of love it. And for a long time, I thought that with my job being so extroverted, I was always talking to people. I like talking to people. I'd want to go home and still want to talk to people. And I was like, okay, so maybe I'm extroverted. Like I'm loving being around people. This is great. And then I really started to, to pay attention to what recharged me. Yes, I enjoy being around other people. I like being with my family. I like being with my friends. I like being around people as I'm working. But when it comes to my true, deep down recharge of my personal battery, alone time is where it's at. And I will say that that doesn't always necessarily mean completely alone. Um, I'm actually recording this podcast while my husband is camping. And so I do have the house to myself for a couple of days, just me and my dogs. And it's fantastic. And I really like it. And I'm sure by tomorrow afternoon, I will be so, so excited for him to come home. 
But I also, when he is home, don't mind having my quote unquote alone time be with him in the area. Um, sometimes it, even my alone time can be with him. It just kind of depends. If my alone time is watching a movie with my husband, yes, technically we're spending time together, but for me, that doesn't feel like an energy drain. I'm just, I'm just watching a movie with my husband. No big deal. That might be the case for you. It might not be the case for you. If you're an introvert and you're like, yeah, I need alone time. It might mean that it's not, oh, I can be alone, but around other people, certain people, it might be, I need to go off in a room by myself and pretend that nobody else exists for an hour or two or a day or two, whatever it is you need. Again, everyone is different. You have to figure out what works for you through experimenting. And those are patterns I've noticed within myself over the past few years. My other self-care pillar that I notice makes a huge difference on me and my energy and how I feel is when my body is feeling stiff and achy, I don't feel very energetic. I feel kind of bleh and like I just want to lie down all day and not do anything. And often all that it takes to change the way my body is feeling for me is moving my body in ways that feel good. Now, there's going to be some episodes diving into all these topics even more in depth and a whole lot of other topics too. But for me, exercise just means moving my body in a way that feels good for it that day in that moment. Sometimes it's a higher intensity bike ride. Sometimes it's some gentle stretching. Sometimes it's going for a walk. Sometimes it's Pilates. Sometimes it's bar. I know my body very well. And so I kind of know what it needs, what it, what it needs to feel good to get rid of that stiffness, that soreness. It might mean for you, I got to do yoga so many times a week. I need to do whatever your favorite workout is, um, or I want to turn on music and have a dance party in my house um, every day. That just makes me feel good. Again, we will dive in so much more in depth to all these topics in future episodes. That is my other self-care pillar that I wanted to share as an example. My last two self-care pillars, the third one is hydration. I feel like complete garbage if I am dehydrated. I just, I, it does not feel good. I can go about a day or so and I can feel okay if I haven't drinking as much water as normal. But if I go longer than that, I start to feel super tired. My body starts to ache a little bit and I almost feel like I'm getting sick. And then I drink lots of water and rehydrate and then I magically feel better. So for me, hydration is one of those other things that I just have to do to make myself feel good, to help myself feel as good as I possibly can. And then the last thing that really tends to come around after I've taken care of making sure I'm well rested, making sure I'm moving my body in ways that feels good to me, um, and staying hydrated. The other thing that seems to make the biggest impact on my self-care routines, my feelings, my mental health, physical health, emotional health, seems to be having a project of some kind that I'm excited about. I am someone who I like being able to think about the future. I also learned this from a personality test and I, I like planning for the future. I like being able to daydream and think about what a project could turn into. So having things, whether it's work-related or whether it's simply in my personal life, I like to have projects that get me excited for the future and get me thinking and dreaming about the future. 
but that's not important when I'm tired, exhausted, my body feels like crap, and I'm dehydrated. So those are kind of my self-care pillars that I use to help guide my self-care. That, that, that's the simplicity of it. It's, it's a simple concept, but it can be very fun. And it's one that you get to play with for yourself. Like I said, I used to teach this where you had a set number of pillars, you had a set type of pillars that you were trying to then fit into. And I have learned that when I've been working with other people trying to get others self-care routines and rituals and needs to fit into a template just doesn't generally work in the best way possible. So your homework, your challenge, your assignment for this week is to start thinking about what could your self-care pillars be for yourself? I shared mine as an example to maybe get you thinking a little bit, but you are going to start thinking about what that means for you. So try coming up with like three to five-ish things that you think make a really, really big impact on your life. Write them down, put them on a sticky note, type them in the notes section of your phone, tell them to a friend, message me at the mindful self care on Instagram and tell me what you're going to come up with. And then once you've kind of got an idea of what those self care pillars might be, start practicing them with as much intentionality as you possibly can. If you need to create space for those activities, for those rituals, for those routines, make sure you are asking for help, setting boundaries, saying no all those things we've already been talking about on the podcast to create space and energy and time for you to do the things that help support you and your well-being. Over the next probably couple of months, I'm going to be diving in a lot more in depth to different concepts and different topics that might apply to being a self-care pillar for for you or for someone else that you know uh, that's maybe also listening to this podcast too. So I hope that these future episodes not only help to continue to shift your mindset on what self-care really is, but maybe gives you some ideas of what your self-care pillars could be and how you can realistically implement that into your life. I'm really excited for the next few months of podcast episodes. They're going to be so much fun. And I can't wait to see what creating some self-care pillars, coming up with yours, how they're going to change. I just can't wait to see how that concept impacts how you take care of yourself. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and I'll be back in your ears soon. Thank you for listening to the Mindful Self-Care Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to podcasts. You can also send this episode to a friend who you think would benefit from the information. It's a great way to help us grow and help us reach more people. If you want to connect with other like-minded self-care focused individuals, you can follow us on Instagram at the mindful self-care, or you can join the mindful self-care society. It's a great place to connect with others, gain some additional resources, and really help make sure that self-care is a focus in your life. So you can always feel your best. Thank you again for listening. I can't wait to be back in your ears soon.